0: okay okay it is that time of year everybody knows what we're out here celebrating right that's right it is christmas time but uh you know most folks they're gonna they're gonna play it safe they're going to hit you with the uh the happy holidays. We don't. We don't want to offend anyone. We don't. We we're, we're gonna we're gonna play it safe. Hit you with the happy holiday greeting, or I don't know. Are you are you the type that goes straight for the jugular? I am. I just hit him with the merry Christmas. Hey, merry Christmas, man. Happy New Year. Um, I guess you could try to zero in on the bullseye and throw out the. Happy Hanukkah or Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, that's a pretty. That's a pretty brave road. It's a pretty brave road right there to travel. But uh, yep, you're gonna hear it a lot. Happy holidays. Um, just I don't know. Got to play it safe. That's that's the world we're in. We're we're living life to the lowest common denominator, and and you know don't want to offend anyone. We are to the point now. I was at a Christmas party last night, and a friend of mine was telling me. Um, they're doing some caroling at the company Christmas party, uh, uh, uh sorry, uh, the company holiday party. And, um, oh, there was a company police woman in tra- uh, um, there was a company police person in charge and, um, she was, um, I, um, um, they, they were, uh, policing the lyrics of the Christmas carols. They were gonna sing Christmas carols. There were families that brought their children up to the office and a group was gonna to get together and sing carols. And uh there was some carols that had some offensive lyrics and uh this police person there in the office had to tell them what lyrics they could sing and which ones needed to be edited out. I can't remember which ones were the controversial lyrics, but um <laughs> I just would have left. I mean, what what do you do? What do you do with that? Lady, either shut up or I'm leaving the party. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Well, another thing you're going to hear this time of year is um, best of list, the best of 23, best products of 23, best things to buy for Christmas. Uh, what's on your Christmas wish list? What do you need to buy? What are the best deals? What are the best things to buy for 2024? I'm a contrarian and um, I wanted to do a podcast that talks about, I'm going to give you three things that you should not buy. All right. We're going to take a look at three things you should not buy in this podcast as we wrap up season one of the man on the move. Thank you for listening. I do want to encourage you if you've been listening and you haven't headed over to Apple podcast yet to rate and review the podcast, please do so I'm trying to build up the presence uh, on Apple podcast. So if you could go over there, give me a rating, give me a review. We're still a five-star podcast on Apple podcast. Still, still waiting for someone to get in there and just light me up, annihilate me. Tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about, but um, regardless head on over there, rate it, review it, If you like it, tell a friend, and if you don't, let me know why, okay? We're going to head into 2024, and we'll go bi-weekly in 2024. I've got a lot of cool topics that I've written down that we're going to cover, and I'm going to try to get some guests on the podcast as well. So new stuff, fun stuff, more topics coming up. But now, number one thing I would not buy in 2024. I would not buy a new car. New car prices are insane right now. New car technology is insane right now. And not in a good way, in my opinion. I'm going to throw a link of this in the show notes. But have you heard about the $5,600 taillight repair on the Ford F-150? Guy had a maxed out Ford F-150 $70,000, $80,000 truck. I mean, think about that for a second. Seventy. dollars To $80,000 truck that's cuckoo to begin with in my world but uh, it was loaded had all the bells and whistles including the um, lane assist technology the blind spot radar warning radar and all of this and uh, he had a leak in his driver's side rear taillight that that caused the taillight to go out and eventually the whole car shut down and wouldn't start now I usually hate hearing people talk about, oh, back in the good old days or, or back in my day. But seriously, back in the good old days, if your taillight goes out, that's usually moisture. You get, usually got a little leak in your, in your taillight back there. It's two to four screws. You take it off, dry it out, take the bulb out, clean out that little uh, socket that it's in. It's a the bulb is called an 1157. It's a standard ubiquitous bulb that you can buy at any gas station, even grocery stores, Walgreens. You can buy it anywhere and clean up the area, dry it out, push the new bulb in, twist it, lock it in place. And then if you're smart and you don't want to do this again in a month, you'll fix whatever caused the leak. Maybe the rubber seal around the taillight housing is bad. You can buy one of those for like five bucks at at AutoZone. Maybe you got a crack in your taillight. You can take a little silicone, clear, clear silicone and put it on the inside of it, kind of seal it up. You can't even really see it from the outside. You could even use scotch tape to seal it up. Two to four screws, put the taillight lens back on and boom, you're back on the road. And, and the repair anywhere probably from like two to $10 total. Easy, easy. In this case, however, this guy had a leak in his um, taillight. It blew out the bulb. Then it got into the um, CAN bus of the car. The CAN bus is an electronic systems that are in new cars that work almost like a computer network. You got a high-speed CAN bus that controls your engine, your air-to-fuel mix ratio, your temperature, oil pressure, all of that is on the high-speed CAN bus, and then you got a medium-speed CAN bus, and that's where uh, your controls, like your brake lights, your, your radar warning systems, and all of that are. And once moisture got in there, it got on that CAN bus, and it started corroding and eliminating other modules, and it got to the point where the car wouldn't even start. So a really simple leak that caused the taillight to blow out ended up with the car not being able to even start and run. Crazy. So the repair was not only having to replace the taillight assembly that cost $1,200, $1,200 just for the taillight assembly itself. Then you had to buy the light module. You had to buy the uh, radar lane assist control module. I think there was another module in there related to a backup camera or something. All told, parts, labor, with a new taillight, back up and running on a Ford F-150, out the door of the shop, $5,600. Honestly, if I was going to replace my car and I was going to go look for another car that I wanted to drive, $5,600 would be kind of in the neighborhood where I'm shopping. I, I like buying older cars and kind of working on them and fixing them up. I've got, I'd have no problem buying a $5,600 car. And this guy had to spend $5,600 on a freaking taillight. It's insane. And what we're seeing too is, you know, people will take her car in and say, oh my gosh, $5,600 for a taillight. That's crazy. I'm just going to trade this car in and get a new one. So disposable cars. It's really, really wild. So that's one reason why I would not buy a new car. Another reason I would not buy a new car is depreciation. I like to buy as little depreciation as possible. And the depreciation curve on these new cars is wild. The The way they're priced, the way the used car market is working, and then the way EVs get into the mix and work as well has really like made the depreciation curves on cars insane Um, depreciation on a Tesla 50% over five years. So you pay $40,000 for a Tesla and in five years, it'll be worth 20. And I think that's a conservative estimate. And then people are financing this depreciation as well. So you're paying a bank for the privilege of watching the asset tumble in price and in value, it's insane. So I wanted to look at this and the way investing, taxation, depreciation, and some of the decisions that you make there affect your overall financial picture. Everybody knows and is is familiar with compound interest, right? You take a dollar, it becomes two, it becomes four, it becomes eight, it becomes 16, then 32, and you end up wealthy. And depreciation is the opposite of compound interest. You take a dollar, it becomes 50 cents, it becomes a quarter, it becomes a dime, it becomes a nickel, and then you're trying to rub two pennies together to survive. And I wanted to come up with a with a scenario that kind of illustrates this and I came up with an idea around $50,000. You've done really well. You've been saving money. You've been working hard. You got $50,000 saved up. Maybe you had your eyes on one of these new Broncos or Ford F-150s or Jeep Rubicons, but you've decided you're going to play it safe. You're going to be prudent. You're going to take that 50 grand and divide it in half. You're going to put $25,000 into a stock investment, and you're going to put $25,000 into a new car, a, a reasonably priced new car. So how does that look over the long haul, over ten years, let's say, on on this new car purchase? Well, if you put this um, twenty five grand into a taxable account, after ten years, you're going to have, on average, about forty three thousand dollars. Not bad. That's looking pretty good. This is looking like you've you've made a, a good decision here. You've turned twenty five thousand dollars into forty three thousand dollars. You spent the rest of it on a new car and that new car that you paid $25,000 for 10 years later is going to be worth on average around $7,000. Okay. Well, that's to be expected, right? You went prudent. You went safe. You put 25 in the stock market. You put 25 in the car, trying to play it safe, maybe trying to get ahead. But what happened after 10 years? Well, your 25,000 invested became forty three your $25,000 car became 7 43 plus 7 that's right $50,000 after 10 years you've not gotten ahead even one penny you're right where you were 10 years ago and so this is why you have to keep going to work why you have to feel like you're never getting ahead this is why you're looking at your bank account wondering where the money went when you make decisions like like this. So let's flip it around, man, on the move style. We've already looked at, you know, one of the secrets of success is taxation. Taxation will just soak you dry. It'll it'll just drain you. So let's let's take a look at this scenario where we go a little bit more conservative on the car side and we avoid the taxation on the investment side. Now, I'm not going to spend twenty-five grand on a new car. It's not going to happen. I might spend fifteen if I had it, and I might buy a used car instead. So in my scenario, I'm going to go $15,000, and I'm going to go buy a five-year-old car. Then I'm going to take $35,000, and I'm going to put it into a tax-sheltered investment account. Now, let's look at this 10 years down the road in 10 years, my 35 grand in a tax sheltered investment account is going to be worth $66,000. And my car, my $15,000 car is going to be worth $4,000. Add those together, 10 years later, I've turned $50,000 into $70,000. Now that's how you've that's how you're going to get ahead. You've increased your net worth by 40% by shielding your investments from taxation and minimizing your depreciation on your car. The the difference in driving a new car 10 years and driving a 5-year-old car 10 years is about a 40 to 60% depreciation difference. And if you think, "Oh, I would never drive a 20 15 20-year-old car." That that's crazy. I'm I'll invite invite you to lunch you pay, I'll drive my, uh, 20 year old Toyota Corolla. It's worth about probably less than $4,000, maybe $3,000. But, um, yeah, I'll show you how 20 year old car gets around town. Now we're not going to be beating anyone off the line and we're not going to be picking up any chicks, but we'll, we'll be safe on the drive. And here. We'll be quite comfortable during our excursion. So it's all good, but that's how it works. If you, if you want to buy the new car, that's great. The depreciation is just going to hammer you, man. It's going to hammer you. And if you're not careful with the taxation side on your investments, you're just not going to get ahead. You're going to, the taxes on the investment side and the depreciation on the car side will just zero you out and you'll just keep treading water. And I'll say this, one of the dumbest things that I read, I, I was doing a little reading and a little researching around this and found this guy on Twitter talking about uh, he's buying an $80,000 Bronco, like this tricked out $80,000 Bronco. Now, taxes in uh, Tennessee on an $80,000 Bronco, is they're going to be, gosh, I'm I'm doing top of the head math here. I don't think we pull pay full sales tax uh nine and three quarter, but I would guesstimate on eighty thousand dollars he'd have about fifteen thousand dollars worth of taxes. But he was talking about this genius way that the the dealership was gonna let him roll the tax into the financing. He's gonna finance tax. Okay. I don't even know what to say about that. But that's my take on cars and how to buy a car and what to do with money you've saved up for a car and how to get ahead by keeping an eye on the depreciation side, keeping an eye on the taxation side, and trying to compound some money into some wealth. Number two thing I would not buy in 2024, I would not buy any hot new crypto or NFTs that come to market. Now, we've all heard the Sam Bankman-Fried news stories. He's been convicted. Um, FTX, it all crashed to the ground. And crypto kind of cooled off to a certain extent now. But um, you know here any day now there's going to be a hot new coin or a hot new NFT that comes out. I went back and looked at some of the ones that are in the gutter that used to be famous, that used to be the talk of the town. Top Shot was the first one that I remember hearing about in the NFT market. This is where you can own NFT basketball GIFs or GIFs. I I don't know if it's GIFs or GIFs. Uh, there's that's so confusing, but yeah, uh, a basketball moment. You can, you can buy it. And the price on those people were paying about $200 into top shot for these NFTs back in March of 2021. And they sell for about $13 today. So that's a 94% hit on your money. Doge coin. That's another one. The the whole concept of the Doge coin was based on a joke. And then all of a sudden it got hot. And man, when I worked at Apple, all I heard in the break room was Dogecoin, 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 Dogecoin. I'm up on Doge. I'm up on Doge. Well, though the Dogecoin, let's see, May of 2021 traded for 64 cents and today trades for nine. So that's an 86% loss on your Dogecoin. Congratulations. Bored Apes. Have you heard of Bored Apes? The NFTs that people are just spending stupid money for. Um, there's a thing called the Board Ape Yacht Club that you could buy into. Um, membership or whatever it is, is was trading for $154 in April of 2022, and it's $26 today. So that's an 83% loss on your money if you were stupid enough to invest in something called bored ape digital racehorsing have you heard of this like digital racehorse nfts and you could buy an nft of a racehorse and you could breed your your nft with someone else's nft and and sire another nft racehorse it was about the goofiest thing i've ever heard of they're worthless like I looked up the value and, and it was a decimal point and then five zeros and then a seven. So whatever percentage of a cent that is, is what your digital racehorsing is worth these days. Terra USA, I'm sorry, Terra USD, Celsius Voyager, they're like FTX, they've all crashed and burned to the ground. Now, I'm an old school Bitcoin guy. I still own Bitcoin, and I own the Grace the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, but um, that's an investment on the underlying blockchain technology. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not a high flying bet. I think the blockchain is valuable. I don't know that I will ever be out and around town spending Bitcoin, but I do think the blockchain technology is worth an investment. But this is very, very speculative investing. No more than 3 to 5% of your portfolio should be in speculative investments like this. So I would imagine in 2024, a hot new coin, a hot new NFT will come to market. And you'll, your best friend, your next door neighbor, your Uncle Marty, they'll all be getting rich off this new, hot new, whatever it is, crypto thing. Stay away. And if you do want to get into that, just stay with Bitcoin blockchain. It's tried and true and tested. Now it's just as volatile, but I don't think it'll crash anywhere near to the extent of some of these alternative coins and NFTs and and digital racehorse schemes. Number three, number three, do not buy list for 2024 is bullshit. Do not buy bullshit. And there is so much of it going around these days. it's insane. you know what is right, you know what is wrong. don't let the world deter your beliefs and and don't let the world teach you theology when a dude takes the starting block in a women's swimming event and you can see the 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 franken beans through the swimsuit you know what's wrong and we need to not buy the bullshit but we need to call it out it the the world is is crazy and we all sit around and talk about how crazy the world is but everybody's afraid to to speak up if you've not seen barry weiss's speech at the federalist society i'm going to link that in the show notes as well it is a must watch and I'm going to paraphrase her here when I say this. We've replaced basic ideas of good and evil with a new rubric. The powerless are good and the powerful are bad. We've replaced colorblindness with race obsession. We've replaced ideas with identity, debate with denunciation, persuasion with public shaming, and the rule of law has been replaced with the fury of the mob. And nowadays, people are to be given authority in this new order, not in recognition of their gifts or their hard work or their accomplishments or their contributions to society. No, they're given authority in an inverse proportion to the disadvantages their ancestors have suffered as defined by some radical ideologue. Case in point, the Harvard president, She's plagiarized her way to the top at Harvard, but she was a DEI hire, and now they don't know what to do. They they don't know how to get rid of her. By the way, that part on the Harvard thing was mine. I'm going to go back to paraphrasing Barry Weiss here. We've let far too much go unchallenged. Too many lies have been spread in the face of inaction as a result of fear or politeness. Everyone's afraid to say something. Everyone's afraid to speak out. Everyone's afraid to call bullshit. No more. No more, she says. Do not bite your tongue. Do not tremble. Do not go along with these lies. Speak up. Break the wall of lies and let nothing go unchallenged. Challenge this bullshit. Our enemy's failure in this is not assured and there is no cavalry coming. We are the cavalry and we're the last line of defense and honestly our civilization depends on us. That ends her paraphrase with some of mine interjected in there, but it's time to call it out as it is. So in 2024 either stop buying or do not buy bullshit and do not be afraid to call it out. And that's how I'm going to end season one of the man on the move podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Thanks for your support music here. As always by Colehead check him out on Spotify. Thank you again to Brooklyn Addison at rhomboid media for helping me set up the podcast. And as always make it your new year resolution, get out there, get on the move, stay on the move, get with the man on the move. Hey, I'll see you next year.